On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have a rare occasion. Rufus is eloquent. And we have a guest talking us through how to do a Calcutta and the NFL. We talk through what our structure is going to be next week for our first ever Bet the Process and Friends uh, Calcutta podcast live streaming direct to you. And then finally, we do some NFL picks. And with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage to sports games. Welcome to another episode of the Breath of Process podcast where, this, where we talk this week about a Calcutta that we'll be doing next week. And we have the original Calcutta master, William who I wrote about once in an article for ESPN, the magazine. I used to write for ESPN, the magazine, in case you guys didn't notice from that name drop. But we figured since we're doing this sort of Calcutta, we should bring an expert in to help us figure out how to structure this. Oh, yeah. And also um, Rufus is on as usual. So hi, um, everybody. Hi. Rufus, did you see that pro interrupting is getting a little bit of, of like there is some people that think that me interrupting you more is a desirable outcome. Ooh, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> I guess I nailed some line last week where you were like babbling and I let you finish and you're like, oh, I didn't want to, I said something like, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you when you were on such a roll. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I made like, some people LOL, interrupt. which is nice. So William, give us your background in terms of Calcutta's and what makes you a Calcutta expert. And tell yeah. people, some people don't even know what a Calcutta is. Actually. Yeah, give us the background so, of a Calcutta. Can we talk about so. Calcuttas in general and yes, we, whether they sure, relate sure. to the city? Or, yeah. Yeah. It, when, when I tell people about it, they're like, oh, the city in India? Um, and actually, uh, I've only done it in the NCAA tournament context. So this will be my first time doing it for the NFL context. But it's basically a pool where all the teams in the tournament uh, get optioned off. And usually there's... A, a set of consortiums that are bidding on those teams in the auction. Uh, in the Calcutta's I've been in, it's usually five to 10 to 12 teams bidding. And you, uh, those consortiums buy a portfolio of, of teams uh, in the tournament. And so they exit the auction with this portfolio. And the unique thing is about a Calcutta is that you don't know what the total pot's going to be because it's an open auction. And you get paid back for each of the wins your team accumulates during the tournament. So you don't necessarily have to just pick the winner of the tournament, because that'd be a little boring, but you can actually find undervalued teams, the, the 12 seeds, the 13 seeds that win a game or two that you buy pretty cheap, but you can make money on. So okay. it's really a portfolio approach. So you, you kind so, of just murdered that explanation. Wait, so, so it's an auction <laughs> draft where- it's, it's an auction draft where the, the, the teams accrue value or accrue basically dollars per what they do. And so there's different events, i.e. winning a game, winning two games. And those um, point systems are based not on an absolute dollar value, but a percentage Relative. of the actual pot. So like in the NCAA, winning one game may be worth say 1% of the pot. So you get 1% for winning one game. And then in addition, we introduce some other sort of fun junk bets like highest seed to make the final four or biggest blowout victim of the biggest blowout is worth say two and a half percent of the pot and so it just becomes a an interesting sort of like you know betting model or whatever where you just draft you buy teams you auction off teams and again like as as william was saying the the actual amount of the total pot is dynamic so you don't really know whether you have a good value until the end of the Calcutta. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've, I've done the only Calcuttas I've, I've ever done are for golf tournaments and I've actually not been there in person, but I've been part of a consortium. And so I'm actually looking up the rules. Um, like, so some of these, you know, the champion of the golf tournament got paid out 30% of the pot, the runner up 20%, you know, third place, 10% and so on. And there was also, you know, like one and a half percent went to the low score on the, uh, for the first round. So there's things like that. So you can sort of add a little bit of spice to it. You could, 
you know, I know we've been talking about sort of fun things to add and, and maybe like the team that gets blown out has the, has, you know, is, is subject to the worst blowout loss gets a certain percentage. So suddenly like a bad team has a little bit of value. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you need to do is make it such that there's a reason to draft every team that's eligible. So, I mean, let's just start. So we're going to do this uh, Calcutta next week and we have a bunch of fun people lined up to do it. We have, you know, obviously the, the bearded, our bearded friend, we have Rob Pizzola, the, the perennial tout. We have Jennings and Bales are going to do it. I think. Is that right? And then, um, Jennings, uh, I, I, we, we have, I got to check on Bales. But. Well, no, we they can only be one team together. Okay, we just don't I'll have see. we we can't have more. And then the that's a good point. Whale, and so Matt, Drew Matt, and David Al, and Matt David Al, David probably Al, we have one of the, the deck prism experts, the one deep, of the best in game betters, what? the deep dive podcast guys, yeah. Andy and Drew. Um. Oh, Captain Jack, Captain Jack, he'll take us higher for, for sure. <laughs> so, um. Okay. So. So wait, Jeff. What I'm interested in hearing is because none of us have any actual idea for sure what the pot size will be, you know, right. but it would be like if we had Phil Mickelson, your, your golf partner here. Um, sorry. But if we had Phil here, like, I feel like that pot's going to be a little bit bigger. Maybe. I don't know. Um, um, well, I'm not sure about any of that. Uh, but but um, I'm just saying the, the, you know, if we had a bunch of people that are like $10 betters, it's going to be a lot lower probably. Well, what, I think so, what would be interesting, though, realistically, is if we had some super, super squares involved with big money. Well, we right? had a few people that wanted to, I mean. Yeah, but like, like J-Mac is not a square with money, right? He's not, yeah. he's not, like, it would be interesting to have him involved because I bet he would end up with no teams. We um, need some of your corporate buddies. We could like Kazarian in. I would like Kazarian in. He would probably have no idea how to model this. It Dude, would he, actually he, be fun to have him involved. He would, you know, he's just going to listen to all the shit talk you give him and, and he's no, just going to want to like. I want one day for him to actually give me like feedback on the shit I give him because it would mean he actually wants to listen to this podcast because he doesn't. <laughs> he has no idea. Okay, let's, let's go back to this. Let's, let's figure out like how to structure this. So we're going to start this next week. How many teams do we think will be still in contention next week? Because those are the only ones we'll allow to be to be um, auctioned off. Well, there's four. There's 14 playoff teams, and how many will still have a chance? I mean, what is it now? 20 that are alive mathematically. It'll probably be about 16, is my guess. There'll be like so two you, teams. There'll like, only be like full, like two extra teams, huh? Yeah, I think so. If you, I mean, think about the the AFC has really the Browns, uh, the Titans, the Colts, the Ravens. Uh, or no, it's not the Titans. The, the Browns, the Colts, the Ravens, and the Dolphins for three spots. And um, I don't Wait, even know. the Patriots are eliminated. Patriots. Hey, Damn it! First time in like a million years. We can say. I had no idea. It's the Castle year. Um, All right. So the rate are the Raiders eliminated right now? Here, let me see. I, I haven't run my simulations yet, but I don't think they've been eliminated. They're okay. So ESPN has them at zero point two percent. Yeah. So Excuse in the me. words of Jim Carrey, you're saying so By this time next week, one of those teams will probably drop out and we'll still probably have four for three spots. William, how do you feel about the fact that a team that I know you really like is in a, they're in a position where they should make the playoffs at this point? No, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make me feel good at all. I'm not used to that position for a team that I usually like um, across any of the sports. So it, it is unique and I, I'm – at heart, a very big pessimist. So I know we'll screw it up. Put it that way. What's your team? So it, look, it looks like right now there's two. It's the same team that you like, Rufus. Oh, fun times. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that attitude for sure. So, okay. So there's actually right now, there's, there's a fair amount more than, than 14. I think there's given, I would take the over on 16 teams still being alive next week. Well, I wouldn't set the line at 16. I'd set it at 16 and a half. So you'd have to take over 16 and a half. I would take over 16 and a half. I would too. Yeah. I mean, in that mathematically. Sense, I mean, it's really what the Bears, Cardinals, Vikings, 
for that last spot? I mean, you got to figure there's one out. Of the but NFC. the the NFC East teams are all still alive, e- right? Right now, one, Eagles and Ca- literally all four are alive. Yeah, Vikings are like three point six percent according to ESPN right now. I'm I'm looking at their numbers. All right. Well, we're going to take the over against you on that, and so no matter what you win in the Calcutta. Um, we're going to win that back in this in the <laughs> over-under of the total teams that are alive. Got it. So, okay. So, so wait, it, Also, if you're like a whale with a large bankroll that wants to like just bet big, you know, submit your application to us via Twitter DM if you want to join. Yeah. We'll, we'll I guess it's interesting to think about like having more teams in the Calcutta, more consortiums in the Calcutta than you really think – will actually buy teams, right? Like if you go in with the expectation that there's a few teams that, that consortiums that literally you don't think will end up with the team. That like what, that's okay. Like why does it, somebody it, have it, to draft a is, team? It is okay. It is okay. I feel okay. like if everybody drafts a team, that, I mean, I've actually never been at a Calcutta when it's happened. I've been advised, I've advised and had a percentage of one, but like I've never, like, so I don't actually know if like how often, there are teams that are consortiums you can't, that don't have. Rufus, I'll give you a hint. You can't hard code the pot size. I know. I realize that. Jeff, I've done this. Well, I, I realize I'm you, messing with you. The, the thing that makes the NFL or the, you know, the four major sports tricky for Calcutta is that like, you do lose a portfolio approach, and a lot of people like that sort of aspect of Calcutta's, right? It's, it's not like I'm betting on one team, go home, because then you can just bet the futures or you can bet them on a per-game basis. The portfolio approach gives you a lot of sort of rooting interest across mini games. It gives you sort of lots, you know, you can, you can go for like a front runner and a dog, that sort of thing. Um, and with so few teams, and if you have more consortiums buying, you sort of lose that aspect. Okay. So um, there's going to be, let's say there's, my guess is eight, I would set the, the over under on teams that are still in the running next week at 18. So, if let's say there's 18 teams next next week and 14 are going to make the playoffs, what is the let's not let's let's not think about like the actual like special bets. Let's just think about okay, is there a percentage for just making the playoffs? Yeah, and I, this is where it comes down to you can't disassociate those two questions that you you said. Let's put the other one aside because you want to know what percentage you're giving towards the wins and how many what you're giving to the 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 special things. Cause I would say ha- making the playoffs should be worth something. Winning a first round game probably should be worth three to five X. That is sort of what I was penciling out based on what I've seen in. So do the teams that get buys, are they already worth three to five X that? That was another question I was going to raise. What do you, how do you want to treat like a I team don't know. that then loses? Do they get credit? Cause they made the divisional round. I think the cleanest thing from a pot distribution perspective to say yes Otherwise, you have this complicated formula where... I like complicated formulas. Yeah. Well, I, those, want it, I want it to be less hard for someone to just look up some, a team's odds and use that. You said less hard. You said less hard. I know. Fewer hard. Sorry. Excuse me. Fewer. Irregardless, fewer hard. It is what it is. Wait, so, William, explain what you were saying, like why you think it's a better, it's a cleaner distribution. Well, what you do is, I mean, if you say, okay, you get credit for that game, for making a divisional round, even if you lose, um, you get, you know, a divisional round game is worth X percent of the pot, whatever X is. If you say you do not right. get There's credit, symmetry there. Yeah, and if you don't get credit for that, essentially what would have been given to that team. William, so I, the way I kind of thought of it was like winning every game has a point value. So if you, like a game in the first round, maybe you could have one point, almost like an NCAA tournament thing. Cool, yeah, right? yeah. Like a, a second round game. So divisional round is two points. Like, you know, so conference championship, four points, eight points. We could change, you could change those numbers if you wanted, not, not doubling each time. But so basically like, and you could say, let's say 75% of the pot is allocated literally based off of what percentage of those wins you had. So in the case of a team that got a first round buy and won the Super Bowl, they're getting what they have the eight, the four and the two. So they have 12, points for wins out of a total of what eight plus eight plus eight plus I guess there's an extra playoff game right so I mean but basically I think it comes down to they would be getting like 40 some odd percent right 
of the pot if they it, had the Super it, Bowl it's, winning team. It's, so it's, it's interesting because at first I was definitely on the page of what William was saying. But now that I think about it, what makes this kind of interesting is in the case where we know that like KC is going to go for the most, they actually lose some value in this situation because of the sort of almost like the, the expectation. And the fact that these teams are getting that buy makes it easier for them to basically accrue value down the road. So yeah. losing that like first round win value, which is essentially what we're saying they're going to lose, in some respects almost seems fair. Can I, can I take a sidebar here, if you'll let me? Uh, you as a New England fan, Jeff, you know, I, I hear New England fans talking about, you know, the, the Patriots playoff record under Tom Brady over the last 20 years being so amazing. But it really is actually more amazing when you consider the fact that they keep getting buys in that wild card round. And they, that's like another 10 to 15 playoff wins over the last 20 years they would have had if you had to count those. As a New England fan, you're basically saying, you know, Brady's record in the playoffs is what it is. Whereas other New England fans saying it's actually better than you think it is because of those hidden wins. So how do you uh, bridge that gap between what you're saying here versus what New England fans, and I know it's not necessarily you, but other New England fans generally say to defend Tom Brady's playoff record. I mean, it's, it's an interesting point, but at the end of the day, like I feel like for what we're doing, which is a Calcutta, which is a game, <laughs> reducing some of the inherent, like almost like a, like a stored value of the one seeds I'm okay with that, I think. And so, I mean, I think if it does make – and the way Rufus is saying this, we're like first-round win, second-round win, third-round win. You know, I I, I think generally I'm fine with that. And it it will probably make us – the where we'll give that value back is in the Super Bowl winner. So they they can basically earn that back if they win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I tend to think that we want things where we have more differences of opinion where where it is i mean obviously simple is you know if it's i mean if it was all the team that wins the super bowl people could just look at super bowl odds people can and people can look at different odds and basically come up with projections of the pot percentage that way but i mean i i feel like it's going we we know that kansas city is going to be by far the most expensive team the way we're you know basically with any format so i think that if we can bring more teams in and make it a little bit less simple where, you know, it's not just a matter of looking at a team's Super Bowl odds, looking at a team's odds of making the conference championship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where essentially differences of opinion for teams that maybe aren't Super Bowl favorites matter a little bit more. I would be in favor of that because sort of in a sort of top heavy Calcutta structure, we know that the chiefs are going to be getting a very large percentage of the pot. And so, um, yeah, I'm like, William, like I said, as I'm you fi- said, I'm fine as you with said, this. there's not, we aren't going to be able to, it's not golf where you construct a big portfolio right now, given, you know, what the chiefs are, I think conservatively, at least one in three to win the Super Bowl, Right. And so you, no golf tournament. Do you have that? You don't really have that in the NCAA. Um, or I guess, or do you, um, Okay. Yeah. I, like I said, we're fine with this. Okay. So what should, what, how should we do the, the, what are there? There's, there's three, there's four rounds total, right? So wh- how, what should we, how should we assign the value for those four rounds? Right. Well, you really need to sign for five if you're saying making the playoffs is one, right? So well, like, so making the playoffs is worth something, winning a wild card game, winning a divisional game, winning a championship game. What? And, and winning. What about, so somebody, actually, I think it was Drew. Um, I, was, I was DMing with him and Andy, and he suggested something where basically every, you have a percentage of the pot that goes to, um, that is split among, equally among each team that makes the playoffs. So that gives a little bit more value to um, a team to make it. So um, I think if you, and I like kind of if you, if we made it, so that that percentage of the pot is split among teams that have not yet clinched a playoff berth. There you go. I mean, how many teams will have clinched a playoff berth? What is it right now? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six have clinched right now, I guess, and another one, two, three. Another three or ninety-eight percent or above. So let's assume that there'll be like five teams, maybe, or four, 
three to five teams that haven't clinched going into going into week 17. So maybe 5% of the pot is split evenly among teams that make the playoffs that had not yet clinched. Okay. So that's basically a junk bet. So we're saying, yeah. we're saying it, I mean, that making that, that the gives playoff, the Eagles or whatever, a little bit more it's value. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let's, yeah, that's a junk we're, bet. we're basically saying that like, there is no inherent value for making the playoffs. <laughs> it's only, you only get a bonus if you make the playoffs and you haven't actually already qualified. Yeah. So there's only going to like be a few that. teams. Okay. So what, okay. Then what is, what is week one? What is the first round win going to be worth? Second round, third round, Super Bowl. William, I assume that you have some, some thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely have some thoughts on that. I would say you essentially want uh, the percentage to go up by a factor that's a declining factor. So let me explain. If, if we say a wild card win is worth 2.5%, we might say the next round is 2x that or two and a half X that. So it gets you to whatever, 6% for a divisional win. The next round won't be two and a half X that it might be two X that the next round might be 1.75 the previous round. And the next, you know, the winning Super Bowl might be 1.4 times that getting to that, depending on how much we want to put in these, what you call junk bets, where we've already allocated now 5% to the teams that don't make the playoffs, you could end up, you know, with a structure where if we put, 25% to the junk bets. You end up essentially a wild card wins then two and a half percent. Divisional win is worth six percent. Winning the championship game uh, could be worth ten to eleven percent. We can get the specific numbers based on how much we have in junk. And winning the Super Bowl is worth fifteen percent. Okay, so that seems reasonable. That leaves what twenty five percent for junk. Yeah, I gave ranges, but about 25% for junk. Okay, so in that world, is for sure the Super Bowl winner going to be the most valuable team? Well, now that we've eliminated the fact that they can't win that first 2.5% right. for winning the wild card, it still, it, yeah, it still has to be because in theory, a wild, uh, 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 it will be the most valuable team. Well, do you mean the highest gross paying, yes. not the highest yes. net? Yeah. Highest percentage. Well, we don't know what the net is yet, Rufus. Exactly. No, That's, but I, I just mean. It's impossible. It's unknowable. So, right. But I just mean. Right. 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 It's unknowable. Let's leave it at that. I'm, not, not the most valuable team necessarily. <laughs> okay. So let's take that to start with and that leaves us with 25% for junk. We're saying 5% will be split amongst teams that didn't clinch a playoff spot and then do clinch a playoff spot. Right? Yeah. Is that what we just said? I like that. Okay. Yep. So at least 20% left. Do we want to reward absolute suckitude in any way? Yes. Yes, of absolutely. course. And in, in a things that we've done in on the basketball side is done like biggest blowout victim, you know, gets part of the prize. Or, you know, um, wait, what about like something really random? Like, okay, any team that has that is the victim of a safety or a defensive or special teams touchdown or something like that. All of those basically each one is worth a point and that's all like together worth X percent of the pot, right? You give up a, like a team that get, let's say, let's say overall throughout the playoffs, there's eight like safeties plus defensive special teams touchdowns. Like one team has two of them, you know, they, that's, or they give up two of them. That's a quarter of them. And we give 5% of the pot to those teams. That's, they get a quarter of that 5%. Like, Something crazy wacky like that. I think that's too complicated. Add, no, add some like props in there. The like props going safety is a hard one though. You know, obviously. I um, no, I mean, it could be like, okay, the, the player with the most single game rushing yards, the team that that player is on gets whatever percent. I don't know. So, so let's, a, let's, let's, do, let's do a very simple one, which is biggest loser. 
Okay. Right. Biggest loser, like team that had the largest margin of defeat gets is 5% too high for that. Yeah. So then we probably shouldn't have this pool be worth 25% because that's a lot. Cause we don't want to have like 18 of these. We want to have like five of these at most. Yeah. I would say like, I was thinking when you said 75%, then you would have five of these junk prizes for 5%. Okay. So, well, 5% is going to be the making the playoffs, right? So then there's another 20%. Yeah, that's right. right. So another 20%. And now we've done biggest. Okay. Let's loser. go 5% biggest loser. Then, then shitty yeah. teams actually have some value. They have a lot of value potentially. <laughs> yeah. And then another way to sort of, you don't know exactly who the shitty teams are. You, you know, you know, who are the low seeds and who are expected to be shitty. Right. But one thing you could do to also prop up those. By the way, and it's, it's, they could have be biggest loser in week 17 also, and that would still count. Oh, really? So I would do it just pure playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and I would say you can then add another one that sort of props up the lower seeds, even though they might not be shitty teams, but the lowest seed in the championship game, the conference championship games could earn a percentage of the pot. So you can do 5% or whatever. Um, so if a, a five seed, like if, you know, if the Rams end up with the five seed and they progress and they're playing, you know, the Saints or, or Green Bay and then the other side is chalk with, you know, Kansas City and or Pittsburgh or whoever, um, you know, the Rams would be the lowest seed in the final four and they would get 5% of the pot. Okay. I like lowest seed in final four. I'm a fan of these things that actually make people add, add stuff to their Monte Carlo simulations. You can't just use somebody else's. Okay. So we have biggest loser. We have lowest seed in final four. How about something? I think we should do something that's week 17 specific. So that like, but isn't isn't that 5% of the pot to teams who haven't clinched? Right, but that's yeah. still you're still only getting value if your team actually makes the playoffs. Well, Jeff, do you want every single s- NFL team to be eligible then? And so we have like No, 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 really that's low. why I'm, that's why I'm saying like we would only allow we're only going to draft teams that are eligible that are that So are still it'll be mathematically eligible, alive. Mathematically so it'll be that are still mathematically of the teams alive. mathematically alive, yeah. the team that has whatever in week 17. We have one more five percenter, and then I think what we're going to end up doing, William. I don't know if you agree with me. It's probably just juicing up the overall, um, juicing up the overall pot, and then reducing this the junk bets to a smaller number where they're all like four percent rather than five percent or something. Got it. Got it. So don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, that's easy to do, and we we should figure out like. That goes back to the initial question of like, what percent do we want dedicated to junk? And then. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think we need to dial back the amount that's dedicated to junk. Yeah. So uh, do you have any other ideas of another junk bet? We have one potentially for week 17, which we haven't decided what it would be. Yep. Um, You know, one thing I was thinking that might be interesting, because I know you guys talk about spreads and lines and that sort of thing is the biggest winner versus the spread in the playoff games. So I like that. So like, you know, if you beat the spread by 20 points, like that. you're, you're in strong shape. So whoever does that with the biggest beat of the spread in the playoffs gets, I like that a lot. Okay. And then what would our week 17 one be? What do you guys think is a good one? How about, um, like something with turnovers, most turnovers in week 17. Of the eligible teams? Of the eligible like, teams. Like the worst. The I mean, most. And when you say eligible teams, so we said everybody's eligible to be bought who's mathematically potentially can make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But the, the one, the other junk bet is of the teams that can make the playoffs but haven't clinched can get that 5% and split yeah. that. Right. Is this the biggest turnover or most turnovers of the, you know, the, 18 or 19 yeah or i think it's of the broader i think it's of the broader everybody pool. i agree i think it's everyone because yeah. then i mean the only thing you run into there to watch out for is that if somebody's resting their starters in in uh yeah week 17 it's sort of 
Of course, that's really in play. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the point, be. right? Yeah. Okay. So I like these five, but my suggestion is that we, we, we dial all of them back a percentage point to 4%. Four. And then juice the 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 rest of the either like the Super Bowl winner or something or or distributed them amongst like maybe we just distribute it evenly among like the final three teams or whatever. Distribute so one we'll, evenly among the final three teams. William, I'll I'll let you play around with that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll set something up uh, that looks like it could create interest in the for you guys. Okay. I think we're good. Excellent. I think, I think we got something. Um, so, okay. Um, well, why don't we why don't we finish this now? We can let you go, William. Yeah. Go you back guys, to your lovely like family. What you guys are doing is fun. Uh, hope you have a good time with it. All right. Um, and um, we will um, talk to you next week. Sounds good. So that was our Calcutta structure debate. And I think for most of you guys that nerd out on the stuff we talk about, hopefully that was really interesting. Um, I encourage you guys to do Calcuttas with your friends because they're, they're really fun. They're better than sort of like a lot of like bracket pools you'll do in the NCAA. Um, and this is the first time we're ever doing one for the NFL playoffs. And we said next week we have some really cool people. Um, signed up to do this and hopefully it'll be a really interesting podcast so it's something to look forward to um, but now we wanted to kind of jump into a little bit of like nfl and and one of the things that um i've been kind of asking some people i know are bearded and etc um based on a, a friend of mine was asking me for you know I, I asked him okay so case number one um who do you think is number two and i think that we had, this is actually what had gotten us to this whole point of talking about a cut you know, I think beer, this is like Rufus and, and the Bearder and me were both all talking about this. And we basically said like, hey, um, New Orleans. And then we started debating about who else is next. So I was talking to someone I know and he basically said, no, I think Tampa. And I said, okay, well, let's make a Tampa versus New Orleans bet to win the NFC. What should the odds be? And I um, got someone to give me a market price and they gave me a price minus 152. I think our bearded friend said that's what the market said. What do you think about that? Um, like, is that a bet? Which side would you take if I gave you that that no action if neither of them makes the playoffs? Um, minus 150 on New Orleans to against Tampa. Would you, which side would you take? Wait, do you mean to win the NFC championship or? To win the NFC championship game. Okay. Um, no action if neither of them wins. I, I would take the New yep. Orleans side for sure. What would do you have any idea what you would price that? Um, let me see. So first off, I'm really high. Like Massey Peabody is like severely high on. Well, I, I maybe I should just leave it at severely high. No, on New Orleans. You're severely high right now because you're in I'm Maine. Not high or... at all. I'm in I'm in Maine, so I, I'm in um a place where fast Wi-Fi has not been invented yet. Yeah, it's been painful, this podcast, for many reasons. Mostly because you don't know where to find the mute button. And I mean, that's one reason. Your, you keep touching your mic. Why, why don't you just use the actual Zoom to mute yourself? And you know, there's a button which you sh it shows that you're muted versus like what you're doing. No, I realize that this thing, be this thing like flashes when I'm muted, but I always thought it was better to use the button because... Doing that, I don't have to click the keyboard. Do you, and and I've heard all the criticisms from all the typing. You know the click, 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 click. We haven't had a criticism on that lately. I, I'm just that's because I've been using the mute button. Some, that's why. I'm excited that there are some people that are pro interrupting. I was gonna feel really bad that I was the asshole. I mean, I am the asshole, but that was in this specific instance, the asshole that just kept interrupting you and had zero sense of humor. And so every once in a while when I get a tweet or message that says they LOL'd at my jokes, it makes me very happy. I feel valid in life. 
So, okay. By the way, my price is literally like minus 800 or something in New Orleans against Tampa Bay, or it was going into last week. So it's not going to be that high now, but still. Um, <laughs> that, seems, well, that seems too high. Yeah, it does. It does, doesn't it? But I'm just, I mean, Tampa, wait, look at Tampa's path. Well, New Orleans' path it's isn't going to be as easy anymore, but Tampa's going to be playing yeah. a bunch of road games. Okay. And so let's, what, what has Tampa showed you so far that they can hang with any top team? They, ha- they haven't. And I think they've gotten the Tampa they've argument, been blown the fuck the, out. The, the Tampa argument, you know, you just keep muting yourself, right? Just stop muting yourself. You didn't even finish that statement. <laughs> I'm muting myself because my reception is so bad and I, don't, and I have lots of people in this. We're, I'm, in a, I'm in a house now with seven people in one bathroom. It's a lot of fun. Are you still living in a hostel? How's it happening? It's called family. Yeah, a hostel with shared Wi-Fi. It's called a family um, hostel. And you have like a T1 to America online. Um, okay, so then, um, all right, so it's interesting because basically the Tampa argument is is that it's it's the talent that they have. They have arguably the most talent of any of the teams in the NFC, right? Like just from a talent perspective, not well, from a... Are you talking about fantasy football players or like the other players? No, their defense, I think, has a ton of talent too, right? That's the, that's the conventional wisdom is that their, their defense has a lot of talent. I love convention. Yeah. Okay, forget it. This is a stupid no, no. argument. So I actually... Look, Jeff, because after I ran this, you know, I know where... I know how high I am on... Um, how high you are, New period. Orleans. Just leave it at that. No, I'm, I'm in Maine. I'm not in Massachusetts. Can't get high in Maine. But I actually ran um, Massey Peabody stuff without priors just to kind of see. I was kind of curious where, what it would show. I mean, it's, it, it shows Kansas City is the, the best team in the league and still has New Orleans as number two. And Tampa, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, the, there's a few teams that change, like, change pretty, like, a good amount, but but mostly the ordering's the same. So New Orleans is plus three seventeen and Tampa's plus five oh five. So plus one fifty is pretty close to the right price, right? Um based uh, on that. Uh, right. We're just basing it on the market, Rufus. I don't know if you're paying okay. attention. Okay, any, are there any interesting NFL futures bets that you see? The AFC is obviously off. No one's betting. There's no way to win odds when the AFC. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess there is. Sorry, I'm an idiot. So, Jeff, if I'm being only honest. only minus 134. Right. And What's that? No, if I'm being honest, I haven't actually run Did- my, my futures this week because I have, like, some family stuff that I'm dealing with. I mean, not dealing with. I'm enjoying um, but <laughs> I see your face. You're the most awkward human being I know. It's Thank amazing. You. Thank you very um, much for that. Chiefs minus one thirty four. Is there any value there? No, I don't think so. There's a huge premium to bet on the Chiefs right now. Like it feels. How so about- what's interesting with the Chiefs is if you look at like look at how they played against New Orleans. But it, if generally. If they, if they, it, well, if you look at the numbers, though, they were, like, they, they converted third downs, basically. Like, and, and there's something about Mahomes, like, on high leverage plays. Kansas City has been so good on third downs. And, you know, I, overall, globally, that's not something that has a, a lot of predictive value relative to first and second downs. I mean, but you can say, hey, look, you can't, you know, I know Mahomes is not going to, is going to put in a little more effort. You know, he might throw the ball away on first or second down and third down. He's going to actually try to make this play. Um, and so how much do I trust the model versus do do I say, Oh, Kansas city's like this anomaly here, but it, it was not like new Orleans was thoroughly outplayed. New Orleans was not good on offense, but, they they played they played a very very good game on defense. Okay, um, until Cam Jordan thought it was a good idea to punch a guy in a well, highly leveraged play. Yeah, and the other defense, um, their other edge rusher, what's his name? Um, 
got hurt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't help. That does not help things. Okay. Let's move on. Let's, um, let's, Oh, how about in college football? Okay. No, let's just do college football futures. Um, any, any interest in Alabama at minus 189? Um, they're minus 189 to win the NCAA championship. Yeah, I haven't actually run those sims. I, I have not, I hadn't been doing features for NCAA um, like I normally do because of how weird the year is. But I've been, I, I do run my numbers each week. I know it's a lot simpler to do that. And I know this makes us look bad for me to say I haven't done, but hey, this, is, this week is a little bit unusual anyway. I kind of like. Am I wrong in kind of liking Alabama minus one eighty nine? Okay, so what do you think their okay? Well, let's think about what their odds are each of these games. Okay. What do you okay against Notre Dame? The market was what okay nineteen and a half, I guess. So 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 they're they're minus nineteen against Notre Dame. They're minus the what money line is minus nineteen. Yep. Okay. I have I have them as eighty eight point seven percent to win that game. Now, eleven hundred is the price of the money line. Okay, after that they're going to be playing, let's say, Clemson on yeah. a neutral field. Um, yeah. Against Clemson, I would make them. And first off, we we you know, I feel like Clemson has more room to improve with the win than Alabama does, just simply because Alabama can't go that much higher. Um, but I, right now it looks like it'd make Alabama 68.4% against Clemson on a neutral field. So let's do some multiplication. 68.4 times 88.7. And that equals a price of, hold on, typing, minus 154. 154? Yeah, 68.4 times 88.7. Damn it. No value. Yeah. I mean, okay. at, this, at this point, Jeff, though, it, it, if you, it's very unlikely you're going to find value on futures when there's four teams alive. Because a four-way yeah, market is going to... We found okay, value. You might find value. value on Alabama. You might. Right. But you probably, in that case, would find more value betting Alabama and rolling those proceeds over and betting them again that point because mechanical parlay as they call right. it because if you think about it if you have a market a four-way market the overround is just going to be a lot higher there and there isn't nearly as much uncertainty that that the market has to bake in whereas you know if there are you know 25 teams alive in some market you know there's a lot that can happen and it's a lot i feel like there's there's more there's more of an opportunity for a mispricing in this case here, if there was a mispricing, the mispricing would also be the case, like would be in the game markets and probably be a lot more severe in the game markets. Would you agree? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, on, let's just do NFL picks and then uh, both let's go to bed because the technical difficulties. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll throw out one game that I like. Let's see here. Uh, Wait, like how was your? How was last week? How was now. last week for you? Uh, it was good. it was it was reasonable. It was nice. I think slightly up, slightly up at the end of the day. I got my ass handed. Well, me, so. It sounds like you weren't you weren't very good. I was not a fan of last week. No, not at all. And I had a lot of positions. You lose a lot. So second halves were not good for me. Like I, I'm apparently not subscribed to your printing press. Um, unfortunately, the printing, the second half printing press, the second half printing press. Yeah, no, I think we have six and four this week. Oh, um, six and four, such a bad week. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. On, just on second halves. I um, think I, I love. I, I like I've, the seats minus minus one. You like wait this week? Roof. I'm here. Yes. You like roof? Who? The Seahawks minus one. The Seahawks, the Seahawks. minus one. Seattle. I've heard of that. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. Um, I I lead in your way there. I make it um I make it minus two point two. So okay, 
I mean, no real opinion, basically. So you're saying there's a Honestly. chance. Honestly, about, no do, you have, do you have anything yourself? You I do. I do. Okay, so I took your team New England plus seven. Interesting. I know they're out of it. I mean, I don't – when has a Bill Belichick team ever been out of it with two weeks to go in this regular season? Has that ever happened? You're a fan. Like, that's it not really a rhetorical question. Much. No. Um, so I, I, I don't know if the market is baking in any uncertainty there as to whether um, Belichick is actually – you know, who I think is smarter than any other coach out there, whether he is trying to lose or what, you know, I mean, it, you know, he's looking to the future. I don't know that, but I know that based on the strength of these teams, I would not make the number seven, like with no prior this year, I'd make it right. 4.3 with a prior and baking it a little bit based on the records and situation. I make it, um, I make it 2.6. So, I mean, that's a lot of value on the seven, in my opinion. But um, I like you know, Las Vegas pl- plus the three. Oh, I, I'm completely with you there. I've been on the Miami fade train for a while. It did not work well last week, but I think that Las Vegas should be – I mean, I think this game basically should be a pick. Like, Las yeah. Vegas is a – I mean, without a prior – Miami's a better team with a prior. I, I have Vegas is, well, actually not a better team, but with home field advantage, basically a pick. I mean, Miami's been so fortunate with turnovers this season. And I, I still think, and I think it's reasonable to think that Tua is a downgrade from, from Fitzpatrick. So, yeah. Yep. Anything else you like? Well, it's your turn now. Ah, I like New Orleans laying seven, which actually now you can get seven at plus money, I think. Um, I'm getting, hey, wait, I know I get criticized every sometimes from saying, oh, I bet this at this number. So I bet New Orleans at minus seven, minus 104. And right now you can get minus seven even money, plus 106 at Pinnacle, actually, or minus six and a half, minus 126 at Bookmaker, it looks like. So you can get a better price than I got. Um, I think that I think that I'm too high in New Orleans. I'm gonna be honest. At least Massey Peabody's too high in New Orleans. I think we rate Drew Brees too high. But still well, he's old. You like old quarterbacks? No, it's not. Ju- it's not that. Um, because even if you don't, it's not just the old. No, I mean. Jeff, I've wasted enough time this week looking at questioning some assumptions on that and basically running, seeing what the numbers would be if I ran it in a different way. And it isn't just, I don't think it's just age. It's, it's the fact that, I mean, it's track record, obviously, but even if you only look at the last three seasons, I mean, I think part of it's the fact that, I mean, it's, it's the fact that the Saints offense has been very good in terms of play success this year and the last few years, but they're not explosive in generally play success tends to be more predictive, but I think also part of that is the fact that the way Drew Brees, like if we look at what he's been doing, it's been more of a game management style in short passing, kind of like what Ben Roethlisberger has been doing this year with Pittsburgh. Um, Although Ben Roethlisberger does not um, believe in the play action pass, but rather than, than a downfield passing game, and so I think as a result, like Massey Peabody is is a little bit overrating the quarterback in, in that and underrating the system because we are not accounting for the fact that it is, in my opinion, not Breeze that's doing most of, of this. It's Sean Payton and the system and the fact that the Saints have the Saints have a, a, a good offensive line, they're physical, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Um, but I like New Orleans minus seven a- against Minnesota. You want to give one more? You got one more? Um, I do have one more. I have more than one more. Um, but well, quickly, but first, quickly, Pittsburgh, because... Pittsburgh. Ooh, Coming I like, off I like, I like the losses. sound of that, right? Yeah. Um, they are, what line do you, are you showing right now? I'm Plus showing, one and a half. Yeah. That's, in, that, that's a little bit crazy to me. It's a bit of an overreaction. Pittsburgh was overrated three weeks ago and the market has corrected overcorrected in my opinion um i think that 
based on how actually with no prior, I make the line Pittsburgh minus five with the prior, I make it Pittsburgh minus three. They've been, um, I mean, their defense has, just hasn't, I mean, they haven't generated the same turnovers they have earlier in the season. And that was a lot of good fortune with all the turnovers, but um, their offense has been stacking at the same time. Like they, they've played not well the last three weeks, but we need to look at the, the entire body of work. Um, even though the last three weeks will get more weight, Pittsburgh is the better team in my opinion. And I think should be the favorite and should be more than a field goal favorite. What do you think? No, I mean, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it's not a game that we like, but it makes sense. It's like one of those classic, like buy low, just like you were talking about a couple of weeks ago where you're like, I like Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Arizona giants. You were like one yeah. side buying low, the other side selling high. Um, okay. Give us one more then. Um, the last one I will give you uh, is the Jets. The Jets. The Jets, who, who I, I did take a little plus 17 and a half game day, but then then I actually ended up losing on the game because I, I had a lot of value on the Rams second half, or at least some value, and I had a bigger position than I did in pregame. So I lost there. And I had the second half under, so I lost there too. It, it wasn't a good week, but you can get Jets at... I think you mentioned that. Yeah, I did. Jets at plus nine and a half right now. Um, uh, I make that number six and seven if you don't have a prior. I think, I mean, I'm. this is less being high in the Jets and it's more just being low on Cleveland. Where, where do you have that line? Uh, I'd have to look at it. It's not, it doesn't show up as something we'd play, so. The Jets aren't the worst team in the to. football. Like the worst the team ja- in the football. The, in the football. The Jags are a worse team. Rufus, you're normally very eloquent. This is such a despair. This is such a departure from normal. Was there that, some holiday cheer? Was there some holiday cheer for you today? There was some holiday cheer this evening. It seems like it. It was a happy festivist, sir. I guess so. All right. Uh thanks for joining us, guys. Um, everyone have a happy holiday. We will talk to you next week with our Calcutta, our first ever NFL Calcutta with a star-studded cast. Um, and with that, um, you know, we're going to live stream it. We're going to live stream it. We're going to live holidays. stream it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Happy holidays. Happy